It's good to be back with you guys. It's good to be back on Wednesday night, spending some time with you guys. I've got a question to kick things off here tonight. When you hear the words, not yet. How many of you guys like hearing that phrase in your life right now? Anybody like hearing that phrase? Chandler is literally the, oh, there's a few in the back. Cool, 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 cool. I want you to think back to when you were a kid, a little toddler running around, or maybe even right now, when your parents tell you, not yet. How do you feel? Not good, right? Let me ask you a question. Why is that? It's something about this word called waiting, right? There's something about waiting that I think every single one of us hates. And I want you to do this. I want you to look to the person to your left or to your right right now. And I want you to tell them, what do you hate the most about waiting? Like, what is that one thing you can't stand to wait for? It's okay. You can talk a little bit. It's cool. It's cool. Nice. Okay, okay, okay. So some of you guys have shared some, okay. So I was thinking about this a little bit. And I was thinking about like uh, we got back from Disney World late or early last week. And, and one of the things that I hate most about Disney, about King's Dominion, about almost anywhere is lines. Does anybody else hate lines like I hate lines? I can't stand a line. If I'm in a grocery store, I'm trying to find the fastest lane possible. I will literally get out of my spot in line to try to beat somebody else. It drives my wife crazy because what I do is I take a mental picture of somebody else in that line. And if I don't beat them, I'm not happy. True story. I can't stand to wait. But sometimes some things are worth waiting for, right? Would you guys agree? Have you ever had anything in your life worth waiting for? Maybe a video game that you couldn't wait to come out. It finally came out and you you got it. Or maybe it's that new iPhone 15 plus 13 and all the extras to it, right? Or or maybe it was that time where where you were waiting and, and you finally got this thing called a driver's license. And you can now drive to anywhere you want to go. Except your parents say you have to pay for the gas. Now it's not as fun, right? So at any age right now, we've got middle school all the way through adults here in the room. We're always in a stage of waiting, right? And sometimes here's what we want. We want the opportunities and freedom that come with growing up. But here's what happens. Sometimes we're not quite ready for it. Let me give you an example really quick, okay? So you guys know I have a three-year-old and I have a a one-year-old. And oftentimes, here's what's crazy is my one-year-old sees our three-year-old do something. And all of a sudden, she thinks that she can do what her older sister can do. And it happens all the time in our house now. And it's one of those most frustrating things because what, what Thea wants is she wants the same freedoms that Myla has. But Myla is so much older and she understands the world so much more. She understands what's going to hurt and what's not going to hurt and those kind of things. And, and, and so here's what I'm trying to get to, okay? Over the next few weeks in this series, here's what we want to cover, okay? We want to talk about the questions, the fears, the frustrations And the excitement that thinking about the future for you guys can bring. Because whether you realize it or not, every single one of us is thinking about the future. Every single one of us is thinking about what's next for us. And every single one of us is looking forward to something in this next stage of life. I was thinking about this and 
here's the thing is I've realized as I've gotten older, like I'm not a patient person. Like I really don't like to wait. Anybody like me in here? You're not patient. You're willing to admit it. Thank you for being honest with yourselves. Does anybody want the answer right away? Like you're just ready. Like, right? Like, where do I need to go to school? Who do I need to marry? What job will I have? Will I have two or two and a half kids? There you go. Thanks for being with me here. I can remember when I was in high school. In high school for the first time, I tried out for the wrestling team, okay? And I knew I was going to be a great wrestler. Do you know how I knew I was going to be a great wrestler? I had watched all the WWF, WCW, WWE, everything in the world, anything that had to do with wrestling. Like two of my favorite wrestlers are these guys right here, right? Like, if you don't know who that is, that's, that's the rock before he got super jacked and bald, okay? And then there's this other guy who um, nobody, I don't know, hopefully you know who he is. His name's Stone Cold, and, and, and he was known as the Rattlesnake. And man, I watched them since I was literally like this big, right? And, and I would hang out with my dad, and we would watch this. And, and so when I tried out for wrestling in high school, man, I knew I was going to be good. So I go into this practice, and I'm all cocky and everything, and I'm ready to go, Right? I go up against this guy, Ryan, and some of you guys know, I, I've said it before, he was a state champion from the year before. I wasn't scared of him. Dude, he turned me into a pretzel so quick, I couldn't breathe within 15 seconds of locking up with this guy. I was so embarrassed. That whole year, I can remember just getting owned over and over and over again. My coach kept telling me, hey, you're getting better at this. My 3-17 and 17 record that year said otherwise. That was a rough year. I was waiting on this, this period of getting better, right? I was waiting on this period of, hey, I, I, I'm there. But my coach says, you're not ready yet. Man, waiting. Patience is a frustrating thing, right? For some people, the frustration happens and it makes you want to get better. But for some other people, when you get frustrated, here's what happens is you decide you're ready to give up. You decide, I no longer want to do this. And I can remember that happening with, with a lot of sports that I did. I can remember some guys, well, if I'm not going to play, then I'm not going to be on this team. Right? Maybe that's been you here. And I'm not here to tell you you're wrong, Okay. You have to do what's best for you in that situation. But what I do want to do is I want to explore Scripture. And I want to explore Scripture to see what the wisest guy to ever live had to say about waiting. About the not yets of our futures. Okay? So, here's the thing. Solomon the wisest guy to ever live. He wrote this book, okay, and it's not Proverbs. I know I told you to read that on Sunday, and I still really encourage you, if you haven't started reading that yet, please spend some time in it. It's really cool if you did add the Bible app um, and set this as your church. I kind of get to see some of your plans you've been going through. It's really cool to see what some of you guys have been reading through. So please keep doing that. I encourage you guys to keep that up. But this guy Solomon, all right, he wrote Proverbs, but he also wrote this book called Ecclesiastes. Okay, in Ecclesiastes, here's what Solomon was trying to accomplish by writing this book. 
He was trying to answer the biggest question ever, the biggest question that that some of us have, but we don't know that we have this question. And that question is simply this right here. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? You guys think we're going to dive into some philosophy? Not me. I'm not that guy. But I do want to tackle this question a little bit. I do want to see if we can't answer this here together tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. If you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn there. I'm going to read the first 11 verses of it. And I want you guys to listen and see if you can't pick up on maybe a stage of life you're in right now. Or maybe it's a stage of life that you're going to be in soon or maybe you just got out of. Starting in verse number 1, it says this. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Why do people, what do people get? For all their hard work. I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human's heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. For some of you guys, you absolutely love that. Some of you guys, you, this one is like one of those things you're like, man, I've been waiting for Mike to give us something deep. I've been waiting for, for this kind of thing to come out. I've been waiting to, 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 to really start to engage in some kind of poetry. Let's think about this just for a second. What does Solomon say? Dying, tearing down. Weeping, mourning, and war, it doesn't really sound that fun. But according to Solomon, here's what you need to know. Even the uncomfortable and sometimes painful parts of life have a time and a place. Not everything in life, guys, is going to be fun and peachy. Not everything in life is going to be one of those moments where you look back on it and you're like, man, I'm so glad that I got to do that. And there's times in our life, and I particularly think it's the times where we're waiting, that we really start to feel uncomfortable. That we really want to know, God, what is next for me? God, I want to follow you, but man, it is so hard because I'm so ready for what's next. If you look at the screens behind me, 
you're going to see a video playing. What you're going to see in these videos are flowers that are blooming. You see, Solomon lets us know that God didn't promise us everything would make, you know, that everything in life would be easy. That God would take away all the uncomfortable stuff and make it perfect. But just like the video playing behind me right now, here's what Solomon says. God makes everything beautiful in its time. You see, sometimes the stuff we're going through isn't fun. Sometimes the stuff we're going through isn't perfect, right? But just like the flowers going on behind me, how it took time for them to bloom and to become the beautiful flower that they are, it takes time to get there. It takes time for us to bloom and become the flower that you're meant to be. It takes time for us to, to actually become the perfect thing that God has called us to be. So while it seems like we might be just waiting for some day to get here when we've actually arrived at the answer of where we want to be, remember that today the process of becoming that has a lot of value too. There's another book in the Bible. It's called Revelation. It's written by John. It's the very last book in the Bible. And it's not usually one people look to when they're thinking about the waiting, right? When they're thinking about the here and now. Solomon said, no one can understand what God has done from beginning to end. But Revelation Revelation gives us some insight into what God has in store for the future. Check this out. Revelation chapter 21, it says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. You see, there's excitement that comes if you're a Christian in the room with these verses. There's excitement that comes when you start to think about the future that you have with God. But here's the thing. We don't know how long that's going to be. We don't know what this in the waiting not yet time looks like. We don't know what it's going to be because when life is less than beautiful, our focus goes to what's happening right in front of us. And these are the things that frustrate us, right? These are the things that we want to know how to get past this. We want to get to that part, right? But we're not there yet. And tonight, I have a really simple Bottom line for you, a really simple thing that, that I want you to take away if you haven't heard anything else 
from the rest of this message, just listen to this part right here. Every single one of us in this room, we're all a work in progress. Every single one of us in this room, you're going to get better. Things won't always be the way they are right now. Right now it seems like all you can focus on is, is what's directly in front of you, right? It's where you are. It's not where you necessarily want to be. I'm sure if I was to ask every single one of you, if we were sitting down over um, cups of joy, coffee right now, and, and spending a little bit of time together, I could ask you, hey, what's next for you? I think every single one of you guys could tell me what you hope is next. And I think every single one of us would say, hey, you know, like, I would rather it be here tomorrow than two years from now. But oftentimes, here's what happens is we want to keep the progress. We want to skip the progress and we want to get to the finished part. One more time. Look at the screens behind me. On the screens behind me, you're going to see a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. People love to talk about the process of a caterpillar turning into one. The before and after transformation, it's pretty cool if you ask me, right? This, is, of course, is sped up so you guys can see it. But during this cocoon process, things get weird. They get messy. They get uncomfortable. And inside the cocoon, the caterpillar, it actually starts to melt. Like it starts to turn into goo a little bit. It's not pretty. It's kind of gross, actually. And if Solomon were a caterpillar, I'm pretty sure he would have said something about there being a time for melting into goo. Because no caterpillar can skip this step. But the caterpillar, in order to become new, it has to go through the process, right? To become the beautiful thing that it's meant to be, it has to go through the process, and sometimes, most of the time, I think that's our issue is that we want to get through the process as fast as possible and we don't want to think about anybody else around us and we just want to get to the next step. What I'm telling you is, don't rush this time. Don't rush what's happening. One final example I'll give you guys tonight of this is from my own personal life. So I'm a dad of two beautiful girls. We actually, um, we're excited because we actually have our third kid on the way um, this June. And we're really excited for that. It's going to be really cool. Of course, we've got camp and mission trips and everything else going on during that. So we're really excited about that. But here's the deal. I haven't been the best dad when it comes to the newborn phrase. I don't like it, if I'm honest with you guys. Like, if there was a fast-forward button to get through the newborn phase, like, I would have hit it a few times, okay? But here's what I'm learning. Those late-night cry-outs, the late-night cuddles, the late-night rocking back to sleep, the moments where I feel just emotionally drained, physically tired, and, and, and so many other things that I think are never going to pass. The days are long, but the years are short. 
And sooner than later, little Thea is going to be like Mila's size. And Mila's going to be older and she's not going to want to cuddle with her dad anymore. And she's not going to want to just lean into him anymore. And she's not going to cry out and reach for me anymore. The process of going from baby to kid, kid to independent happens so quickly. And what we want to do in life is simply this, is oftentimes, here's what happens, is our brains get into habits. And our habits make life easier. But it also puts us in autopilot, and so sometimes we shut things off. And if you're not careful, students, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go through your middle school and high school careers on autopilot. And you're going to miss the people around you. You're going to miss the process of becoming who you're supposed to be. Because you were so focused on just getting there that you're not going to enjoy it. None of us are what we're going to be when we get to that new day in Revelation that John was talking about. But what if, what if we decided we were actually going to enjoy this process some? What if we actually decided we were going to enjoy becoming the Christian who God calls us to be, becoming the disciple whom God calls us to be? Two ways for you to do that, and you can get out of here. Number one, notice the progress that you've already made. When you start to feel stuck, discouraged, or bored with where you are right now, take a few minutes and think about how far you've come along, okay? Here's what I'd like you to do this week. Ask yourself, how have I grown in my faith over the past three years? For some of you guys, that takes you back to when you were in third grade. For other of you guys, that takes you back to when you were a sophomore in high school. For some of you, that takes you back to when you were 47. Wherever that finds you, I want you to seriously sit down, take five to ten minutes this week and ask yourself that question. How have I grown in my faith over the past three years? Here's a few more questions to ask yourself to to see the progress you've made. What has God done in your life in the past year? What's a big lesson that God's shown you? What's been the most challenging thing you've went through in the past three years? And then the second thing I want you to do. Take that list, take that thing you just wrote down. And ask God to help you make more progress. Since all of us are a work in progress, and we're always going to be that, we've still got some progress to go when it comes to walking in our faith. So how can we grow if we don't ask God to help us? How can we grow if we don't ask our leaders to actually pour into us? How can we grow... If we're not willing to look outside of ourselves to the people who we do life with day in and day out. Here's the deal. Every single one of us is on a faith journey. Every single one of us is growing. For some of us, we're growing leaps and bounds. For some of us, it feels like we're barely making it an inch. No matter where you find yourself, you need community. That's what your life group is supposed to be. That's why your leaders are here. They want to pour into you. So this year, 
my challenge 2023 as we kick off life groups here tonight. Know that we're all works in progress. And know that your faith can grow this year according to how much you put into it. Your leaders want to see you grow. I want to see you grow. This church wants to see you grow. So let's look to God and see what he wants to do with our lives this year. Let me pray over you. God, tonight, there's moments in our life where, Lord, we don't understand what's happening. There's moments in our life that, God, we would honestly want to fast forward through them and just go through them on autopilot rather than feel the hurt and the pain that comes from those moments. But, God, we know in those moments, God, you have something to teach us. You have something to grow us. And so, Father, this year, let us not shy away from the things that hurt. God, from the pain, from the stretching, that, God, you're going to take our faith through this year to know you better. Father, it's my prayer that, God, this year, every student in this room tonight, Lord, will reach out to a trusted adult in their life and say, God, I want, or say, I want to know God better this year. I want to grow in my faith. God, don't let this be a year, Lord, where we sit back and we just do the same old same. Don't let us just autopilot through this. God, burden our hearts to know you better, to make you known to this world. So, Father, we say thank you for that. Thank you for the wisdom that's in this room right now. God, let us know you more this year. And as we're in the progress of growing in you, let us learn to love ourselves too. Lord, we love you and we pray to Saul in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, seriously, thanks for being with us here tonight. If you don't know where to go, I'll be standing up here. Come see me. I'll tell you where to head to. Sixth grade boys, sixth grade boys, stay in here, okay? All sixth grade boys, stay in here. Everybody else, you're dismissed to your life groups. Um, we'll see you guys Sunday morning at 945 in B114.